everybody, and welcome back to day nine of the Heaven podcast. Uh, I'm Chris, and I'm here with... Becky, hello. <laughs> and we're really looking forward to steering you through day nine of our podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, up to now. And uh, throughout this podcast, we're trying to unpack a little bit more of what uh, Heaven is going to be like, what awaits uh, us in Heaven. We're trying maybe to deal with some of the myths that go uh, around Heaven and just trying to pre present a picture of what uh, God tells us that Heaven is going to be like. So whether you're mm. a person of faith or not a person of faith, we hope that this is helpful. It's something really important for us to think about and uh, can provide us with a hope, we think, of um, um, life uh, beyond this one and what that can do and how that can shape our lives today. So, Becky, day nine, how are you feeling day so nine. far? <laughs> good, good, ready, energised. We're um, going to be talking today about what's actually going to be going on in heaven. And uh, we're returning to a book that we've looked at already in this series a couple of days ago. We were in the book of Revelation, which we said was a very unique book in the in the way that it's written. Um, the final book in the Bible that contains some very vivid but often quite bizarre imagery about kind of what's going to happen at the end, uh, what heaven will be like, um, and what's going to happen when God brings heaven down to earth. And uh, these this revelation comes from a guy called John. We've already talked about John. He was an eyewitness to Jesus's life. Uh, he wrote other books in the New Testament, like the Gospel of John. That's the account of Jesus's life according to John. And he writes this revelation, which is a series of visions, really, isn't it? Of, yeah. um, of things that were revealed to him about what would be coming. And he writes it to churches to encourage them with uh, the picture of where Jesus stands in relation to them now and where they will one day stand in relation to God when they are in heaven. So today we're in chapter 22, Chris. Do yeah. we need any other contexty bits for I don't think chapter so. I 22? Think the only thing I would add is to remember as we're reading this and we're, you and I are trying to help um, each other and our listeners understand a little bit more about this, that John is writing in this kind of visionary mm. kind of way. So we have to be careful about taking a really literal interpretation of this and just remember that these are kind of visions that God has given to John to kind of paint this quite graphic picture of of what it could be like. So I think as we read it, it's just important that we're all keeping that in our minds, um, the way that we're reading this and what we're what we're taking from it. Shall I read? Yeah, our, go our for reading it. for today is uh, from Revelation chapter 22. And again, all through this, we're encouraging you to either just listen in if you're doing something where you can't uh, access uh, a Bible, like driving or something like that. Um, but if you have one in front of you, then great, you can follow along with us in that way. So this is Revelation 22, verses 1 to 6. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will, be, will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign for ever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Okay. 
So the first thing that strikes me is that we've got a few sort of characters, people being introduced in this passage that mm. we might not know who they are. So um, there's the angel who I guess is the figure kind of the guide yeah. in John's visions. Yeah, yeah like sort absolutely. of showing John different pictures of heaven. So then we've got flowing down from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Yes. Who is the Lamb? The Lamb, yes. So the Lamb is Jesus. So um, referred to, in fact, all the way through the Bible, really, in, in the kind of Old Testament prophecies that talked about the saving one who was to come and who would uh, save all of humanity, often talked about as a lamb. Um, and all the way through the New Testament, Jesus is uh, often referred to as the Lamb of God. And that kind of goes back to, we talked a little bit about sacrifices yesterday, and um, uh, that was a, a common thing in in. Uh, Old Testament kind of times uh, that uh, faith um, uh, faith kind of or religions would have at their core this kind of sacrificial system of sacrificing something to pay to make payment for um, things people were doing wrong or whatever it might be and the Jewish faith had that that idea too and that often it was a lamb or sometimes it was a lamb that was sacrificed uh, to kind of atone for wrongdoings that people were doing and so on so the, the picture of Jesus as the Lamb of God really stems back to that idea and Jesus would sacrifice his life ultimately uh, to uh, set people free, to pay for the sins of the world and, and that kind of thing. And and actually once Jesus had made that sacrifice, that whole sacrificial system was not needed anymore because the, the perfect uh, lamb had laid yeah. down his life okay. for the sake of people so yeah so the lamb is a title a very long way of saying a lamb is a title the lamb is the title there for jesus okay so we've got god we've got the lamb who is jesus mm. we've got then a third person well actually a group of people um servants they're called first his servants will serve him mm. they will see his face his name will be on their foreheads and then at the end it says, and they will reign forever and ever. Yeah. So who who is this group of people? Yeah, so we think there that uh, that um, John in his vision is referring to the followers of Jesus. So the people who are uh, serving in the best possible sense. And we might either unpack that now or, or come back to that a little bit later on. Um, serving Jesus, following Jesus, giving uh, their lives to um, the purposes and plans of Jesus. And and I'll say it now, that name on their foreheads thing is um, something that, that was used sometimes to kind of um, display an ownership kind of thing. Again, in, in a very negative sense, in the time of Jesus, sadly, people could be owned by somebody else. There was slaves that were owned by masters, and sometimes the slave master's name would be written on the forehead of um, of the, the slave that was owned. So it was that idea of this is who these people belong to. So that there is, in a, in a much more positive sense, a mark that here are people who belong to God, not out of um, uh, any kind of pressure or being forced or being kind of um, sold into as, as a slavery thing would happen, but out of joy, out of a desire and a, and a free choice to to um, be followers of Jesus and to be in God's family. So it, 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 ownership can have a very negative connotation, and it would have done certainly in lots of circumstances, not so in this, in this case. So servants, people who belong to God um, and who are people who have been following Jesus. 
that phrase his name will be on their foreheads that i don't know it reminds me and maybe this is a coincidence i don't know whether this is a parallel you're supposed to see here but um way back earlier on in the story of the bible when god had chosen his people the people of israel and brought them out of egypt and decided that they would be his people when he first gives them his commands his way to live he says i want you to uh put this tie it to your forehead yeah. put it onto your hands tie it around your door frames my words to you as a reminder of who you are and i wonder if there's a little bit of that echoing here as well that um now it won't be the law that was given to israel that will be tied onto your foreheads as a reminder of who you are but it will be the name of jesus yeah, yeah. whether that's i think that's totally or... totally um understandable and and um yeah i think that's a very um good way of of thinking about it I, th I think it's a totally legitimate thing to read into that so what's the what's the point of this vision do you think what's what's being shown to john and what is john trying to share with us yeah well i think we've got to tie back here a little bit to some of the things that we've been talking about before so yesterday yesterday or the day before so i think the day before in revelation the previous chapter to this in revelation 21 we were talking about a new heaven and a new earth so so uh, heaven is not kind of some other place ultimately heaven and earth come together in a restored creation um here on earth so i think we've got to get that and understand that and understand that that's the, the context in which this is being talked about. So this is giving us a picture, imagery, for what this new heaven and new earth will look like. And I think, very importantly, what's right at the heart of that, what's right at the centre of it. Yeah. And again, we've got this picture of right at the centre of all of this being this city, this place that is the source of all the good things that are spreading out from it into the rest of this new heaven and new mm. earth and right at the center of the city as the source of all of that is God. So when I read these verses, I one of the key themes that's coming through to me in here is this power source for this new new heaven and new earth and the power source is god you've got water the water of life flowing out from god you've got the light that is needed in this new heaven and new earth no longer coming from a sun or a light coming from god so that just speaks to me all the time of the source of life the source of light the source of power the source of healing for the nations all of that all flowing out from this uh, uh center at which is uh, which is god so for me, that feels like a key point of these verses and perhaps the key thing we're supposed to take away from this imagery of of uh, of John's vision. Does that yeah. does that resonate with you? Would you share that thought? Or, or are there other things yeah. that are striking that, that you from idea it? idea of the God being the source of everything and the source of that life is really evident here, isn't it? And the thing that's actually striking me as I look at it now is that that is the source of life that god provides it means that there is stuff going on and yep. i don't know about you or about people listening but when i if anyone ever describes sort of eternity or heaven that goes on forever i think of it almost as like being stuck in the same state all the time like and sometimes that doesn't sound very appealing yes. that it that it will be quite static but the picture here is very um alive and active there's a river flowing there are uh, trees that bear fruit month after month after mm. month so there's there is a passage of time here in some way 
Um, it says the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Yeah. That to me sounds like healing is going on. It isn't just they've been healed. Yes. And, you know, now we will just sit happily on a cloud for eternity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that there's healing and serving one another you know, we're going to act as servants, that stuff's going on. And God is doing things. He's moving. He's acting. Um, it's a very vivid, active picture. And that's, I think that's a little different from how we sometimes think about eternity, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting that you should say that. We've talked a lot about this guy, Tom Wright, or sometimes known as N.T. Wright, who, yeah. who uh, we love because he, he he's um, unpacked so much of uh, the, this theology of kind of heaven and that kind of stuff and he he in in his writing about these verses he talks about a bustling kind of hubbub city you know giving that that sense of exactly what you say activity comings and goings people kind of wandering in and out of the city all the time this life uh, uh this uh, river is flowing through the middle of it there is growth and fruit from the tree on either mm. the trees on either side of the river all of that kind of stuff so yeah you're picking up on something that he i noticed when i read his stuff about this he was really picking up it's a hive of activity it's not, yeah. What we not everybody sitting around, <laughs> yeah. bored out of their minds. There's, yeah. there's all, whole loads of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about this picture being painted. God is the power source of yeah. heaven. He, there is no longer any need for any other source of power, and we interact with God directly, and we have Him as our source of life. We've talked about this being a very active picture. There's stuff going on. It's full of life, full of energy. Um. What difference does having a picture of heaven and a new heaven and a new earth that looks like this, what difference do you think that makes to our hope in heaven and how we live? Yeah. Well, it sounds much more interesting to me <laughs> than some of the pictures we've previously had painted for us. And I think one of the reasons why, uh, and, and I think this is true whether we would be people of faith or not people of faith, no matter where we're coming at from all of this, I think one of the things why we so often want to cling on to the things of this world rather than secure our hope in heaven is because honestly heaven hasn't sounded very attractive to us you know we've talked about this before on the, on this podcast and in the, the the talks that go along with this podcast you know if heaven is uh, sitting around on clouds with an eternal worship service going on doesn't matter how good the music is that we that doesn't sound very exciting whereas this uh, this sounds much more interesting and again we have to be careful about you know taking this too literally but but the idea of activity and of growth and of um water and flowing and fruit and a uh, bustle and a city yeah all of that kind of all of that in the presence of god who has as we heard a couple of days ago you know wiped any suffering pain discomfort tears from our eyes all of that kind of stuff that sounds much more interesting to me and is something that i think will stir in us uh, should stir in us a much greater sense of hope and of looking forward to that time yeah. rather than clinging on for all that we can to all that we have and all that we think makes us comfortable and happy in this yeah. life yeah absolutely yeah there's also much of this is whilst it's a picture of this future heaven and earth it's echoing language that that jesus used that other people have used to talk about life with god mm. now so um you know john in fact the john who wrote this vision down 
uh, in his account of Jesus's life, he talks about Jesus saying that anybody who comes to me, who is thirsty and comes to me, rivers of living water yeah. will flow up from within them. And that echoes this picture of the river of the water of life that flows from the throne of God in this picture here. And um, there's other parts in the Bible where it talks about justice, let justice flow like a river. Um, so it's it's not just a picture of the future. It's a reminder of the difference it makes when God's will is active in our lives now and when we allow ourselves to be shaped by him and we treat him as our source of life today not just in the future that that it's like a river of water flows through us and out of us and into the world around us yeah. and it's life-giving in that way too yes and and echoes of um old testament prophecies that talked about waters of life and i i noticed that again i think two days ago uh, two podcasts ago when we were looking at Revelation 21, the water of life was mentioned there. So you're so right, this this constant theme of of uh, the water of life. Yeah. Um, uh, and of course, water, for for some of the, the people in the days of John and Jesus and that kind of stuff, I mean, water was a precious, precious commodity um, living in, in hot countries, places where water might have been scarce, places where you didn't necessarily drink the water because it could um, make you ill, you know, mm. all of that kind of stuff. Um, water would have been on their minds a lot, I think, and about how to get it and all of that kind of stuff. So when these this language is used, people would again have resonated totally, yeah, yeah, water is life. We need water not you know, to live, uh, you know, to grow crops, to all of that kind of stuff. So they would have got that completely. Yes. And, and yeah. this, so this imagery of God as the, the the water of life um, and where there is water, there is growth and greenery and uh, beautiful flowers and crops and all of that kind of stuff, I think is re would have been really resonant with the culture of the day. And maybe it isn't quite so much for us. I think this is a brilliant picture for anybody whose faith feels like it's become a little bit stale mm, mm. or who thinks faith is quite stale who's standing on the outside perhaps of faith looking in and thinking that sounds a little boring like yeah. <laughs> that actually this the vision that's being painted here is not stale at all it's vibrant it produces things it produces life it's like springing up yeah and I think there's this other promise that I just want to pick up on too, the, the, the last part of verse 5. And they, we talked about the servants, the, the, yeah. the people who are following Jesus, they will reign forever and ever. So it's, it, it's, what that says to me is there's a partnership thing going on in heaven where um, those who are there, those who have had their faith in Jesus, who are following Jesus, will be part of the the the... the fruit that's happening the life that's there that you know that they'll we will be part of the the productivity if you like or the the rule of yeah. heaven we will be involved in and i don't it's difficult to know exactly what that looks like but it, at the very least it implies to me a partnership in with god in what's going on in heaven right. it's it, it, we're reigning with him yeah um uh and not not under him does that make sense yeah so we, we don't just have a purpose now to live in the direction of heaven when we get to heaven we will be given a purpose yes that will have a role to yes. play that, yeah that's a great way of putting it and mm. we are not going to be passive recipients yes. of what's happening in heaven yeah. we are going to be co 
workers, I don't know whether yeah. that's the right word, but contributors is maybe yeah. a better word to all this amazing stuff that's going on. And and that, I have to say, that struck me afresh or, or anew or like in a way it hadn't struck me before when we were preparing mm. for today. Oh, yeah. okay, hold on. I've I've perhaps thought of myself too much as a passive recipient of heaven, mm. not a co-contributor to what's going on in heaven. That's brilliant. No one can see my facial expression, but my jaw literally dropped there. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Wow. We're going to talk a bit more about purpose in the next episode, yeah. actually, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. But, um, could we get a tweet out of this vision of John here? Um have you do you who's going first <laughs> oh dear look. i feel like i need to say something about that passive recipient but that wasn't what yeah. i'd kind of thought in i my feel preparation, like that should so. have been the tweet go <laughs> yeah. back scrub back if yes. you're listening to this podcast that's the tweet <laughs> so uh yeah so the yeah I, so there needs to be something about the 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 power source i mm. think that is a key thing but there needs to be something in our tweet about yeah that that the promise is not that we will be passive recipients of heaven, yeah. but co-contributors with heaven. Yeah. So we're nearly there. In heaven, God will be the source of a new kind of life. In that life, we will be co-contributors, not passive recipients. Yay! That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Can I say one more thing yeah, that's on. like on my heart to, to, to share about the whole story of God? Because this is the last chapter in the Bible, in the story of God. And I love, and again, it might just be me and my slightly kind of nerdy kind of thing. I love how the story of God is framed by trees. So in the very first uh, opening of the story of God, you've got this tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of this Garden of Eden, this image that's portrayed for us about the perfect world before human beings kind of mess it up. And you've got this amazing tree right at the centre of the garden. And here we've got the tree of life right at the centre of heaven. And you've got these, you, you, you know, you've got these two trees bookmarking the story of God. And of course, you've got the tree in the middle of it, which is the cross um, of Jesus. And I just, I love that so often God's story does this. There are these, these wonderful symmetries or kind of symmetries. Poetic, <laughs> symmetries. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, and I, again, that again just strikes me here uh, that you've got this tree of life uh, that, um, you know, all of God's story is about recovering, if you like, or being saved by God from that moment where human beings mess up by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and all of the rest of God's story is about setting that right. And now right at the end of God's story, in the middle of the, the city, in the middle of this new heaven and new earth, is this fruit-bearing tree that is the tree of, of life. I, yeah. That For me, that's lovely. I, wow. I just think that's brilliant. But yeah. That's a little nerdy thing no, that I, I love. I think that's great. I'm a bit of a nerd too, and I hope people listening are becoming nerds through this podcast. Share <laughs> <Say> your nerdiness <laughs> with us. Yes. So um, should we move on to what's next, our final question? Um, in, in part, I think what's next for this is listen again to the next episode because we're going to be talking about living with that end in mind, How talking a little bit more about if you fix your eyes on that as the picture of the future, how do you run towards that in the today and what how do we live with purpose today brilliant but have you got any other what's next Chris? no I, no i think that i think that's great and i think that that i, I mean the the it's it's not a what's next particularly from this one it's a what's next from some of the other stuff we've talked about 
that if this is what awaits us in heaven and the promises that we can see heaven breaking in on earth today as we live between the trees so after the 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 tree in the garden mm. where everything goes wrong not quite yet at the tree of life in heaven we're living between the trees we can we can see something of heaven breaking in on earth uh, when we in partnership with god as you said earlier bring good to the world the water of life the source of good to the world in the way we act and behave mm. uh, as for if we're followers of jesus the way we act and behave yeah. in bringing god's goodness into the world wow. today yeah chris if you ever release an album will you promise people right on this podcast right now that it will be called between the trees because i think that is excellent yeah I, I will absolutely promise that because if you've ever heard me sing or stood next to me you've done this so I stood next to me in a worship service you will know that there is no way ever in the world anybody's going to allow me to release an album so yes I'm happy to promise that the album that I'll never release yeah. will be called Between the Trees <laughs> brilliant well we will catch up with you on the next episode of the podcast um yeah do stay tuned hit subscribe if you haven't already and uh, yeah, we look forward to talking with you more about this hope that we have in heaven. Thanks, Chris. Brilliant. Thanks, Becky.